Welcome back to another episode of Persuasion by the Pint. I'm Jonathan Taylor along with Sean McCool. So, Sean, we're doing a little, we call it a little audible today on our program. Um, We had a guest today that uh, was about to join us only to tell us that they were um, not feeling well. So, yeah. Um, Which I totally get. I've been under the weather all week this week, so I totally understand that. Yep. Um, That's right. It's been going around. A lot of people are uh, dealing with it right now. Yeah. Tamara had it before I did, uh, passed it on to me. I mean, she's a, she likes to share, you know, so she just (laughs) passed it on to me and I've been hanging on to it all week. So, (laughs) oh, well, there we are. Just pass, pass the love, man. Don't pass it to me though. (laughs) No. You had it a couple of weeks ago. Something I like. did. I did. So yeah. hopefully my immune system has been bolstered from, from yeah. that. I had it like, I think it was early back in early November. I was dealing with it. Um, yeah. I'll try I try not to breathe too heavy on the mic. There you go. So you don't get it. <laughs> so our listeners don't catch anything either. So, yeah. So we had to do a quick audible. Um, we came up with a couple of things, a couple of things yeah. I've had hanging out in my notes tab on my iPhone for uh, just emergencies just like this you know you know how domino's is doing the emergency pizza thing now have you seen that ad i have yeah, it's pretty it's pretty, cool. pretty smart i like that yeah it's like you buy a pizza it's it's a nice twist on a buy one get one free mm-hmm. offer yep. and you just get to save it for later for that night when you burn dishes or you know burn your dinner or whatever i thought it was it's a, it's a really clever way to it's do a, buy one get one free yeah it's a classic way of re we've talked about how you repurpose or re you know create a problem to solve yeah. and so i mean they've not done anything new it's just the way they've repackaged it as yeah you know a problem something falls through kind of like our guests falling through on the show and yeah so we, <laughs> and so we have our emergency topics <laughs> ready emergency to go emergency topics you so. do you've got your uh uh, your note tab on your, on your iPhone. I need to have a yep. note tab for that. I've got, mine's all jumbled. I've got notes on there, but it is like all jumbled with stuff. I mean, I, I've, I've used ever since I heard that's how Taylor Swift writes her songs. Yeah. She captures everything in different notes tabs. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's really smart. I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to do that. So, um, I know some people use Evernote or Notion or whatever, yeah, but for me, just the, the notes tab is pretty easy to do. So, um, so yeah, we got, We've got an example of a, what I think is a really bad ad that we'll talk about today. Mm-hmm. Um, they just tried way too hard. Yeah. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about that one. Um, an interesting thing about a way to make your marketing more believable. Very simple way to do. Yeah. Very simple. So mm-hmm. that, that one. And then we'll talk about a craft brew company that does uh, figured out how to get some basically free marketing Uh, by doing controversial stuff yeah and then lastly an oldie but a goodie uh never i don't think you can ever talk about this letter too many times Um, but it's a simple letter that launched a nine-figure business and it's not the wall street journal letter (laughs) a different letter yeah we've talked Uh, about this one on on uh previously on some episodes but to to me it's like it's one of my all-time favorites so i go back to it time and time again just to just to look at it and analyze what was so appealing about it. I mean, I know, I mean, I, you can put yourself in the, in the reader's position and see why it's so appealing, but, um, yeah, now with AI, you could probably, you know, I bet you we could, we could plug that into AI, a new, or a new GPT model and for sure get it to spit out something for just about any industry. So, yeah. 
especially with Claude. I mean, you can like I've been doing that lately using this example, like you upload something and and using Mm -hmm. uh, using this, uh, you know, the whole uh, premise of this. Like, like I want you to write a letter or I want you to uh, spit something out that's similar to this, but related to this topic over here. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, have you been playing around with the with the new GPTs where you kind of build your own custom chat oh, GPT? No, no. Yeah, that's uh, that might be another show. I don't know if we'll get to that today. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's that's you can now do that same thing on chat GPT, but they actually you can actually build task specific GPTs. So if you just want a Facebook ad writing chat, you can create one. That's and actually cool. everybody been. Uh, He's, he's working on one of those right now. Okay. So, so yeah. So, uh, before we get into all that, uh, let's, let's talk about, um, let's talk about some beverages. Yeah. Uh, so I'll go first. I've got a, um, local company, Highwire Brewing here out of Knoxville. I have a, I try to look up their website cause they've got a, um, they've got a pretty cool website, but. I don't think they've got this one. This is like one of their specialty releases, so it's not on there, but it is a Mexican hot chocolate, uh, 10W40. I do like Mexican hot chocolate. (laughs) I thought you might like this one. Um, It's uh, vanilla, uh, let's see, imperial stout with chocolate, uh, vanilla, cinnamon, um, Carolina Reaper. Ooh, Carolina Reaper. <laughs> I guess I didn't, read, I didn't read that very carefully, Sean. Uh, I don't think it, I don't think it'd be that strong. No, nah. we'll see. Yeah. Okay. Eight percent. So. Okay. Well, Ooh. I've got from um, Drecker Brewing. I think is how you say it. Um, it is a Royal B. So this is not they. Uh, I don't even know where they're at. I think they're Fargo, North Dakota. Ah, where they're at. Okay. Um, this beer that I have is the Royal B. Look at that art, man. Yeah. It's like a comic book Royal B. So I couldn't resist the can and this is a honey cream, but it's a double IPA. So we'll see what happens. (coughs) Excuse me. (laughs) Try not to cough into the mic. So I figured this was like the closest thing to cough syrup that I could find for the show. (laughs) So, um, it smells like pine saw. I got, as soon as I the open good, it up, the have, good news have, is it's a, it's a, well, it is a double IPA, which is not that bad, Yeah. but if it is bad, you're probably not going to taste it that well. Right? Well, my taste buds are still okay. So, okay. Uh, it tastes, it smells kind of juicy. So almost like a pineapple-y. Um, so hold, yeah, it's hold hopefully it up. won't be too bad. Let's see who has the, right. uh. Who has I think the winner? Just a tad darker. <laughs> Who has no. the winner based on uh, color? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a good looking hazy IPA if you yeah, want. That's right. What you want? All right. Well, let's cheers it up and cheers. Mm, mm, mm. Mm, my tongue's burning like Carolina <laughs> Reaper. Oh, oh man, there is a little bit of. Kick at the end. A little bit of something going on there on the back end there, Sean. Yeah, I bet. Hit the back of the throat a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No wonder they don't advertise this one on their website. 
<laughs> no, it's actually not that bad. It's, uh, man, see if, it builds, see if it builds over the course of the show yeah. as you're drinking it. Uh, this is not bad mm. for a, you know, if you like a IPA, double IPA, it's, it's definitely got the IPA taste to it, but with the honey and the lactose that's in it, and mm. then just a double, it's an 8%. It's actually not bad at all. I'm going to go ahead and score this a 3.75. Oh, okay. It's not bad. For a double okay. IPA, that's that's a good score. Yep. Um, I'm going to go, let's see, I'm going to go, um, I'm going to go 4.6 on this one. I actually like it. I like yeah. it. It's a little different. Um, it's a little spice on the back end. Uh, you can feel a little bit of heat there, um, but it's, it's still good. I mean, there's a nice balance there. So it's not yeah. like it's a, you've got the sweet plus the little bit of, um, uh, spice on the back end. It's not, it doesn't, it doesn't overpower you. So. Yeah. We've got a local bar here that, you know, local brewery here, um, that has a similar, I was going to see what theirs is called. Let's see. Hmm. Yeah. It's called a wicked tickle. Wicked and it's a tickle. ghost pepper porter. Oof. So it's very similar. I, I, I know exactly what you're feeling because that beer is, is very yeah. similar. Mm-hmm. Um, although I think I would like yours better because of the chocolate. Yeah. Uh, chocolate part of it. So, all right. Definitely helps to uh, balance off that, that heat on the back end. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't call it heat. It's just a little spice. A little yeah. Spicy. Yep. Well, let's talk about, let's stay on beers for a little bit, but okay. we'll talk about marketing yeah. beers. Okay. I saw this a while ago and I don't have the actual article, but the company that we'll be talking about here is called BrewDog. Um, it's pretty cool. They have an advent calendar of beer, craft beer advent calendar, um, which I thought was pretty cool. It's not what we're going to talk about, but here's the, um, they just have some, you know, they're like most craft brew places. They have their selection of stuff. They've got the barrel aged stouts, craft beer advent calendar, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of a cool idea. And oh, look, they've even got their own non-alcoholic uh, yeah. list there. They got a non-alcoholic list um, for whoever wants that. <laughs> um, yeah, they got some Elvis. They got some hazy IPAs. But this was the part... Um, let me remove this. So here's the part that I found a really interesting. So BrewDog, they, one time they released um, an 18.2% Tokyo Stout. Mm-hmm. And I think they're over in the UK or something like that. Um, and Parliament was very upset because it's such a high alcohol volume for a stout. And apparently they got in trouble, like, you know, the tabloid press picked up on it. Um, Parliament was brought in to see if it really classifies as a beer. And I think they even had to take it off um, the market. So they created a new beer and BrewDog released a 1% alcohol beer called Nanny State. (laughs) Nanny State. (laughs) <laughs> they just kept they didn't they didn't let the bad publicity and the of course not, yeah. stuff. they doubled down on it absolutely and made a whole beer one percent <laughs> alcohol called nanny state <laughs> 
which is exactly what you should do every time. Yeah. It's just like, don't yeah. ever back down, embrace it. And well, here's some other things they've done since that they've driven, they've since driven a tank down Camden high street, uh, named a beer after the heroin and cocaine cocktail that killed river Phoenix and John Belushi. Oh man. Projected naked images of the founders onto the houses of parliament. Brewed beer at the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean. Dropped stuffed cats from a helicopter onto the city of London. Employed a dwarf to petition parliament for the introduction of a two-thirds pint glass. And released for the royal wedding of 2011, a beer (laughs) containing so-called natural aphrodisiacs such as herbal, Viagra, chocolate, and horny goat weed. (laughs) which they called Royal Virility Performance. Oh, wow. So basically, they like to create stories and they make their launches newsworthy. Right. Um, And because of that, they get tons of free uh, natural and international press. Like I said, they're over in the UK. Sure. Um, And the products just end up, you know, marketing themselves. And the media loves to cover them, obviously, because it's, you know, it's entertaining. Wow. That is some that ballsy, is yeah, some it ballsy is. marketing there, you know? Absolutely. I mean, uh, it takes a little bit, it takes some, uh, some guts to do, uh, some things like that. I mean, um, cause you can get, I mean, we've taught, there's, you know, there's some interesting companies out there, you know, like liquid death, they're doing some similar stuff where they're like kind of embracing, uh, critics and, you know, kind of like not trying to deflect, but actually saying, yeah, we'll take your, <laughs> we'll take all the negative stuff that people are saying and make songs out of it. And we'll, yeah. uh, do some crazy stuff on top of that. So, I mean, uh, that's, that's it today, man. There's no such thing as bad PR apparently. I mean, I guess yeah. there is, but not really. <laughs> Cause if, yeah, I mean, if you know how to, if you know how to manipulate it and use it to your advantage. Right. That's the thing. You have to be pretty quick on your feet and know how to do it. Obviously yeah. we've talked, several times about Bud Light. They did not do a good job of that. No. Um, so that would be bad PR. Right. Um, and I still haven't seen them do a good job of taking advantage of, of the UFC contract yet. Like yeah. It, it yeah. has, it, it has died down a little bit, but mm-hmm. it's nobody that, that, like I said on that show, when we talked about that, like, man, if they had yeah, just you set said, that up right for them there, Sean, I mean, golly, if they had just said, we're taking back the brand yep. for the people. That's right. You know, that would have been like, yeah, yeah. Everybody would have jumped right back on board. Sales would have shot up. Yep. Maybe I don't know. You know, yep. you never know with people, um, but it would have been worth a shot for sure. Sometimes you have um, to get away from. I think egos have to. You have to push egos aside uh, for things to happen like that sometimes. And I think there are people that, um, you know, on the brand side or the company that's that's doing this i mean sometimes you just got to push that aside egos have to get laid waste yeah <laughs> yep <laughs> so let's uh let's talk about this may be one of our shortest episodes ever since we didn't weren't fully prepared but nope. um so let's talk about a really bad ad okay one that just tries too hard mm-hmm. too much money was spent i don't know what this cost but it had to be expensive um and it, it's one, it's an ad I've seen during the college football games on Saturdays. Uh, I think it's usually plays at like the three thirty spot halftime of the three thirty CBS spot. Yep. And here's a still shot of the YouTube 
that I found of it. So if, what you're looking at here, if you're looking on the screen, they set up this this field goal. It's called the Attempting the Impossible Kick with the U.S. Army. And this was at the Georgia-Florida game. And they had this giant outdoor thing set up where there's a field goal, but it's like 50 or 100 feet in the air. And I think it's even it's not even as wide as the regular field goal. Um, let's see if there's something in the description. No, it doesn't say how high it was. But so they bring in, a, you know, Rodrigo, who was the kicker for Georgia. Um, and he tr- attempts to kick this and he doesn't make the kick. I mean, look how high that thing is. Yeah, it's crazy how high it is. He got close. So he made it. I think he must have went back and done it or something on his own. But the idea here was that, you know, the army was putting on this impossible kick and all this stuff. So they have the kicker try it, can't do it. And then they bring in this army gun and they basically shoot the football with the artillery units through the field goal and say, you just need help with like friends from the army or something, you know, cheesy like that. Like it's one of the cheesiest ads I've seen in a long time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, part of what makes it not work is you start off with call, you call it the impossible kick, but then the solution is not even a kick. It's a, a a weapon that you're going to fire the football through the uprights. Like it's not even the same thing, you know? Um, so it was, to me, it was just really odd and uncomfortable. And I remember seeing it the first time and um, whoever the, you know, the sideline reporter girl is, she was, you could tell she was uncomfortable. Like the whole thing was just weird and cheesy and like too over the top. Um, and it just felt, <laughs> it just fell so flat. Yeah. And I just remember like cringing while I was watching. It's like, man, somebody, this made it through a lot of meetings. Of course. A lot of money had to be set aside. It got a live spot during halftime. Like just, it was just really, really poorly done and would not make me want to sign up for the army at all. No, their PR has been horrible lately. I mean, I I haven't seen a whole lot of, I haven't, I don't think I've, I I didn't really see any of that. Somehow I missed it and I watch college football, but. um, You're running bathroom get some more nachos <laughs> yeah if it's like at halftime i'm not watching anything yeah. typically during the do a different game probably yeah, yep exactly i'm fl- flipping elsewhere but but no i mean it seems like one campaign after another lately with the uh with the military you know because retention's down i mean it's it's an all, at an all-time low yeah. um and their numbers are down in terms of recruiting so uh, you know, they're trying to do everything they can, but, um, some of their ad campaigns lately, even prior to this, I mean, they've all been pretty bad and they've gotten made fun of in the past for some of the stuff that they've done to the point that they had to disable comments on their YouTube page. I mean, that's yeah, it's like even some of the stuff. campaigns they did, like the army of one, like yeah. that doesn't make any sense. Like, yeah. you know, that's, that's absolutely what the army's not about. That's right. Yeah. Um, you know. <laughs> Be all you can be was always was a classic, and they tried to bring that back in different ways. Sure. And I think that's still, you know, you call out to those people who are tired of being in their small town. You know, mm-hmm. um, they want something different for their life. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what they need to be calling out to, right? Not whatever this is with the impossible kick. Like yeah. you get to play with guns, I guess. I don't know. Is that what they're trying to, <laughs> to point out? And I don't know. I don't know. Um, it was pretty. It was pretty sad. 
Um, maybe I'll I'm just, see if I can I'm get a sad that Rodrigo was a part of that. I mean, yeah, Rod. I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know what he was thinking. Probably got a good check for it. Oh, I'm sure he did. I'm sure I'm it was sure just, you know, six yeah. figure check or something. Yeah. Um, to go out there and kick a few times. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, I thought it was just really poorly done because it just, it doesn't, I mean, it ignores all the rules of, of good marketing. Like it doesn't, there's not really a target audience other than fo- people who watch football, but right. it doesn't call out to, I think the main reason people join the military is they either want to make more of themselves or they want to get away from something. Yep. Right. They're trying to get away from the life that they have. They want to start over. Yeah. Or they want to make, they want the challenge. It's one mm-hmm. of those two things is typically why people go yeah. in the military. Yeah. The be all you can be like you referenced was one of the greatest uh, yep. campaigns they ever did. Um, and that was back during our time, Sean. I mean, yeah, that's probably why, was, <laughs> why we liked it. That's why we, got, that's why we went so, in. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, um, yeah, so that's that. Um, and then the, the last thing that we have, unless mm-hmm. we think of something else, yeah, you shared this. So this is, now this is an old article. Very I don't know where you found this link. Do you have to go back in the Wayback Machine to get this? <laughs> I don't know how. I honestly, I don't. I was going through. I think I was reading something else, and it had a link to this article back from two thousand nine, oh. which is still relevant today. Um, early to rise. I used to read. Did you? I mean, I don't know if you still read Early to Rise. I used to read that all the time because I used to get Bill Bonner's letters. I read it when Mark, um, Mark or Mike Masterson, Mark Ford. Yeah, Mark Ford. Does he still? I mean, he does. I think he retired Michael yeah. Masterson. Yeah. So when Mark Ford was running it before he sold it to Craig, yeah. um, I used to read it then, but mm-hmm. I don't, I don't listen. I haven't read it. I, I mean, haven't read it in years. It's probably yeah. been eight or nine years, but yeah. I still think in my opinion, this is one of the all, um, this is one of the all, my all time favorite, uh, letters that I've ever read in terms of copywriting. Um, yeah. from Bill Bonner. And I, I really haven't placed it, but it, what's interesting about this article, they, they kind of uh, get into some of the reasons. So this was a letter uh, back in 1979 from Bill Bonner. And the letter starts out, um, and you guys, we, and we've talked about this time and time again, you look out, uh, you look out your window past your gardener who is busily pruning the lemon, cherry, and fig trees amidst the splendor of gardenias, hibiscus, and hollyhocks. Sean, you should read this because you got the uh, you got the 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 sinus voice now, right? Yeah. <laughs> the, cl- the sky is clear, blue. Yeah, I can almost do a, a good voice. Yeah, <laughs> the sea is. Deep. I don't think it's the right thing. The sky is clear, blue. The sea is a deeper blue, sparkling with sunlight. A gentle breeze comes drifting in from the ocean, clean and refreshing. I can't get there. Can't get yeah. there the deep, deep one right now. So, but yeah, it's it it really paints a picture mm-hmm. of that, and it, and the last line is, or the next to the last line before dear reader. Mm-hmm. Um, so it says, a "Gentle breeze comes in from the ocean, clean and refreshing, as your maid brings breakfast in bed. For a moment, you think you've dined and gone to heaven, but this paradise is real and affordable." Mm-hmm. In fact, it cost only half as much to live this dream lifestyle as it would to stay in your own home. Wow. So that's the killer line. Yeah, that that's, last the, that, line. that's the like closer right there. That's yeah. a closer. I mean, you're, you are pretty much sold on this letter when you hit that. Everything else is just 
details at that point. Yeah. Um, and then what do they do? They send you, uh, you know, I'd like to send you a free copy of a unique and valuable report. Back then it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't like a PDF or I'd like to send you a link where you can mail, go download. Yeah. <laughs> this was, yeah, send it in the mail. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so, so what are some elements to that? So, I, you know, you read down further and you start talking about like any business owner who can write a letter. So anybody can follow this. And we were just talking before the show, we could actually use probably, you know, chat GPT now um, yeah. or, or Claude or something like that to kind of just plug this in and see what we get for, you know, whatever industry we're targeting. Um, but any business owner who can write a letter uh, to a friend Anybody that can sit down and write a letter could use this, can use kind of this, some of the same principles, which is obviously uh, know your customer, make the, make the message about your reader's dreams. Too often, what do we do? We make the letter about what we want them to do, where we want them to go without really knowing, you know, what their dreams, their desires, their fears, their frustrations um, these are things that I have to take into to account every time, you know, I'm reaching out to a purchasing person or somebody that's behind the desk, uh, understanding what their frustrations, I'm not selling, you're never selling to a company You're selling to an individual. I don't care if you're selling B2B or, you know, B2C, um, there's somebody that has some frustrations. They have desires, dreams, fears, frustrations, and you've got to tap into those. Yep. Um, you got to spell out the benefits your reader will get by taking the action that you recommend, make the benefits clear, easy to imagine. One of the things that is so incredible about this letter is like you said, Sean, it just paints a picture. Like you can literally feel yourself, uh, looking out like you're <laughs> laying in bed, looking out the window, somebody's bringing you breakfast. You got a gardener yeah. outside. I got a gardener. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's the it's the dream. Like, and you're instantly thinking. I think what sets this up is as you're envisioning this, right? You're assuming that this is going to be a very expensive, lavish lights lifestyle, right? Mm -hmm. um, past your gardener. So if I have a gardener, well, there's you know paying him whatever per year, and yeah. I have to have a garden that's nice enough to require a gardener, right? Mm -hmm. Um. The sky is blue, but the sea is a deeper blue, which means I can see the sea. So I'm near the ocean. I'm near the water. So as I'm reading the opening lines of this letter, mm -hmm. the cha-ching, the, cha the cash register is like totaling the cost of this, right? Sure. Yeah. It's like, okay, I've got to have a gardener, a really nice house with a garden. I'm near the ocean, apparently. Um, yeah. A gentle breeze comes in. A maid brings me breakfast. Oh my goodness. Like <laughs> that's two people on staff. I live next to the ocean. Yeah. This is like a multi-million dollar fantasy I'm having here. Right. right. Um, and then, and that's why that contrast of, but this paradise is real and affordable and it costs half as much as mm -hmm. to live here as it would to stay where you are. Yep. That's the power. That contrast is what makes that opening just so powerful. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause you're, you're doing the math in your head about how expensive this lifestyle is. Yeah. Like you're thinking it's, this is, this is completely unattainable. Uh, right. This has got to be 10, life, 20, 30,000. Yeah. <laughs> it's gotta be 10, 20, 30,000 a month. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh no. It's half what you're paying now. Oh. And that's why you more. have to, everything that you, 
um, you have to prove everything. So that's, I mean, I think that's, you know, without proof, your any pitch is just, you know, it's an empty promise. So your reader has to be confident by the end of your letter that what you have is perfect. And yep. there'd be, they'd be absolutely stupid not to get the free report or respond to it in some way. And that's the way, you know, I put my, I always put myself in the reader's position and I feel like if I got to the end of that and I didn't respond, I would feel like I'd feel pretty dumb regardless. I mean, cause it just feels like when you read a letter like that and um, you're thinking, like you say, Sean, it's like you're envisioning that, but then you think it's unattainable, but then there's, then there's a report that you can get that shows you, um, that gives, that backs it up with proof. Well, yeah, I'm interested and I want to learn more for sure. So, yep. um, but it's one, I think what's, uh, another thing that's powerful is this, this entire letter is built off of one, you know, big idea, one big idea. And that yep. is, you know, no matter who you are or no matter what your financial, you know, if you're not upper level, if you're not a, a millionaire by any means, you can still live, a, you can still retire to the good life is yep. what it's telling you. And that's what, in, you know, in the back of every person's mind and every working person's mind is like, that's what they're looking for. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's interesting because this is the letter that launched the whole, you know, Agora empire, um, that it became, so this, this article was written about the time I started working at Agora, mm -hmm. um, up there. Um, I think Roy for Roy, Roy fur wrote this article. I know yeah. him. Yep. Um, yeah, it's, you know, and then they went on to be, uh, I think as they were writing this, it was like a, you know, hundred million dollars per year. Yeah. They went on to be a multi-billion dollar company. Um, they've had some trouble lately. Um, just because of regulations and things like that, but sure. they had a really, really good run and and created an entire industry of of financial newsletters and financial newsletter houses. Most of the guys that work there are still in the business. Have started their own publications in a lot of cases. Um, it's yeah, it, it launched a lot of a lot of other types of businesses in the information marketing space, and a lot of people have tried to copy and. Um, the format that they use and the type mm -hmm. of copy they use and all those kind of things. So all starting with this one little letter. Yeah. <clears throat> I think I first came across it when uh, the book by Denny Hatch uh, with the uh, marketing method he's got, yeah. and it's a, that's a fantastic book, but he, he spends an entire chapter breaking down this, uh, this letter and just how effective it was. But yeah, I think I have a, a full copy of it somewhere. I just can't, couldn't yeah. find it right off the, right off the bat. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, actually this might be it. Let's see if I can find it. Uh, nope, I don't have it. So yeah, it's a good one. So <coughs> that's all we got, man. That's the shortest it. show we've done in that's years. A short, that's a short and, uh, encapsulated version of persuasion by the pint shortest version you'll ever see. <laughs> yeah. I think we started out like, Five years ago, we started out doing like 20 to 30, 40 minutes. That did not last long. It didn't. We, it didn't. we quickly became 45 to 50 to hour, those types of topics. So, um, so yeah, but no, that's good. 
good stuff. Um, yeah. Oh, we didn't talk the last. Did we talk about the 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 thing to make your copy more believable? I don't think I mentioned that. Oh no, no, we got to throw that in. Yeah, so we'll we'll leave you with this one. So I was I reading. Forgot, yeah, I because I mean this is this is incredible based yeah. on obviously research. I would assume. So. Yeah. So I was. I think it was when I was doing the research for our last um, show. This is one of the stats that just didn't make it in the last show. Um, but one of the things that makes your copy more believable is online or in print is font size. And larger font is more believable. Now, you don't want to go too big. But for instance, um, you know, a, tw- a 14 font is probably going to outperform and be more believable than an 11 point font. Okay. And I remember Clayton Makepeace telling me this years ago, and, he, and he, especially if you know your market. So if your market's over 45, 50, especially, <laughs> they need then you that. definitely want a larger like font, right? Because eyesight, they, I and I remember him it. saying, you should not write any of your promotions, especially in the financial and health space, less than 16 point. Like yep. he was like, all your web copy should be 16 point font. But I thought it was just for readability. But this... Mm-hmm. Um, where I got that staff from, they're saying it's actually, it's actually just more believable, um, which makes sense, right? Because what do we say when 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 there's details that we're not sure about? Well, what do we say? We say check the fine print. Yeah. So there's a psychological association that stuff that's written smaller, smaller is trying to is hiding something. Yeah. They're- I think it's also good. We did this. I remember speaking of Gora. I wasn't involved, but I, I know the copywriter that did it. They wrote two promos that were exactly the same. And on one promo, everywhere they made a claim, they put a disclaimer in the same size font, like right below it, like whatever claim they made. Yeah. Um, and he did it because he was just pissed off at the legal department because they were, you know, asking him to pull these disclaimers. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to put a disclaimer in the same font as the copy everywhere I make a claim. And it, it, get, and it outperformed the other letter. Hmm. That just had it kind of buried or footnoted or whatever, where it had every time they made a claim, they put a disclaimer. And reading it, you'd swear because it was it got annoying. But everywhere, you would have sworn it would have hurt response, and it did. It actually yeah. increased response. Right. That's so hmm. interesting. Yeah, like you know. Um, so is they, there a? Does it say that there's a certain? I know the size, the size of font. Is there a particular font that they recommend or? Um, no, there are, let's see. Let me see if I can refine the article. Cause that makes, that makes uh, perfect sense that uh, uh, on people that don't trust small, I never thought about that. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a cliche, right? Like, read the fine print, right? Anytime you have something like that, yeah, that's part of just the way we talk. So here's a, here's a similar article. Let me put this up. I don't know if this is the one I found it. Um, but it says font size matters. Why you should design with a larger font. Um, all fonts aside, designing with a larger size makes a difference. It says shorter. I've always gone with 12, 12 to 14. Yeah, I think 14 is good. You, you can start getting above four. I think 14 is the right number. I really do. Um, yeah. Shorter attention spans demand larger fonts. Um, you know, it's kind of similar to white space. 
but here's what this one says. Readability is a real thing. While a 12-foot, 12-point font size might technically be legible, it's not always considered readable. Legibility means that text can be understood, whereas readability takes factors like emotions and ease of reading into play. These days, the baseline for most fonts is usually 16 to 20. Wow. When your font is too small, your visitors are unlikely to spend time reading text that appears difficult to read. Reading should be effortless, painless, and easy, like a walk in the park. A lot of copy clustered together in an itty-bitty font is a red flag. Site visitors, visitors will take one step and quickly get scared off by a page full of daunting paragraphs of tiny text. Interesting. Um, What's about the headlines? What is that? Let's see. Um, go big and run wild with your headlines. Having some weight on the page can rarely appear clunky. Rather, larger font sizes can help page hierarchy and stimulate powerful emotions even more effectively, too. Um, designing headlines larger contributes to how a viewer perceives what's coming, what's to come on the page. So we've kind of known this in the direct response world, mm-hmm. having headlines and subheads. Right. Um, but, you know, in a lot of places, people weren't using that. But now more, you see that more and more, especially on e-com sites, you'll see a, you know, big headline for like supplements. You know, if we go to uh, your people, AG, was it AG1? Mm-hmm. Is that what they're called now? Yep. Uh, nope. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Athletic. <laughs> Athletic Greens. <clears throat> uh, oh, that was a competitor. There it goes, right at the top, right? Drink AG1, that's what it is. Right. You can see how they have, you know, their large headline. And this is probably 14, I would think, 14 to 16, maybe Mm-hmm. larger yep lots of white space big headline subheads and then the paragraph copy you know it's literally you see this a lot on ecom that's it's not like the long copy we're used to in some of the direct response world right it's more of um bullet point type copy is what works really well in e-commerce unless you're doing a video sales letter or something like that sure um you know then you have a lot more copy but for readability, you want people to just be able to kind of scan down your stuff. Yeah. Um, that's not always true, but it tends to be fairly true, especially if somebody's searching, right? So if I if I did a search, I'm looking for the product, then I don't need as much information if I'm then if I'm just totally mm-hmm. unaware mm-hmm. that I need a greens drink, right? Then I might end up on a different site somewhere yeah. um, that talks about you know a blog article or something like that. Uh, but yeah, you can see they're doing that. They're they're keeping the font fairly large. Mm-hmm. Um, no, even their 90, uh, I don't get that kind of packaging anymore though. I guess since I've been a subscriber for so long, I just get, <laughs> what do you get? Just like, huh? You just get a cardboard box or just, the yeah, bag just or? a cardboard box with the, uh, you know, I still get the mini packs and then the, yeah. uh, the big bag. Oh yeah. It's like every other month. Cause we don't go through them every it's fast. Yeah, so the, bo- the bottom line is when you're doing your copy for your website, for your emails, especially too, yeah. um, you know, try 16 point fonts. If your if your readership goes up, if your click through rates go up, if time mm-hmm. on page goes up. Um, also, I on emails, I would keep your autoresponder to like a 600 width. Yeah. I still get emails from people where it just scrolls off the page for you know, and you got to go back and forth, you sure. know, with, especially on a phone. Right. Um, where I think if you do like, 
500 to 600 pixel width. That fits most all the phones these days. So right, that's a um, and then do 16 point font. Super easy to read. So that's good. That's the easiest way to. So you don't need if you if you already done all your proof, you've already done all the other things. Just test making your your font size bigger and see what happens. That's a great tip. That was worth it for me. It's a good day. I'm glad our guest canceled. No, I'm yeah. not. But. Well, <laughs> so we we'll hope have to have him on next week again. He's, um, uh, you know, we. I thought it was going to be a great episode because he talked about uh, we're, we were going to get into some LinkedIn marketing and advertising. So uh, yeah, he's a lot into AI as well. So Big time. Yeah. So it should be an interesting discussion. Hopefully that'll be on next week. Um, but for this week, thanks for tuning in and uh, Sean it's been fun I mean hey it's it's cool that we can just kind of roll with the punches like that when somebody backs yeah. out at the last minute yeah absolutely got a big game right. coming up tomorrow got my shirt on I know I was cool is that last year's national champions or year it's before? 21 21 okay yeah so. uh, you know I, I've got one with the two trophies cheering. you're waiting for the three-peat <laughs> I was gonna wear mine today on the show that said uh not today Saban um, oh yeah, one of my favorites. You said you wore your persuasion by the pint mayonnaise jars. <laughs> See the mayonnaise jars? They're supposed yes. to be beer cans, but they turned out looking like mayonnaise jars. So uh, uh, anyway, we'll get persuasion by the pint. Uh, we'll get our own brand of mayonnaise here pretty soon. Sounds yeah, that'd be disgusting. Awesome. <laughs> Spread it on thick. That'll be our tagline. That's right. All right. To all of our listeners, you can find us at persuasionbythepank.com. Thanks for tuning in. And again, we'll see you next week on the show. Hopefully we'll have our guests will be joining us. We'll be talking LinkedIn marketing and um, uh, advertising. And uh, as Sean said, we'll even get into some AI stuff. But uh, hope everyone has a wonderful weekend. Thanks for tuning in. And we'll see you all next week. See you.